Broadcasting live yes. from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on the sunny shores of beautiful Lake Erie. Good rebound. Dumps off to Allen. Allen spins and flutches. Oh, my. Oh, turn your back and throw the hammer down. In downtown Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. You've tuned in to Wine and Gold Radio. Hot Rod steals the ball. Down the floor. Wham with two hands. Here are your hosts. Rafa, J-Bike, and Joe G. Hello. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Episode 5. It's hard to believe. Episode 5 of Wine and Gold Radio. I am Joe G. To my left is Rafa Hernandez Brito. I'm really working on that. I'm going to get better. Thanks. Pretty good. And then over there is Juan Miguel. John Michael, the voice of the Cavaliers. Guys... Our perfect record was ruined last night. I hate to say that, but it really, we were 4-0 going into last night, into, uh, I should say, Wednesday night's You game. mean our podcast was undefeated? Our, our podcast was undefeated, 4-0. We took one on the chin. Clippers, good game, competitive game, but we finally had our streak snapped last night. Tough game. Clippers just shot the hell out of the ball. I mean, what can you say? Basically, Paul George, and I, before we let our guy in here, you know, I, I, I got us give him a segue. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be a long night because my father always told me to watch out for guys that have na- two names in their name. <laughs> two first names. In the two first names, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then we had Kawhi Lerner and Paul George. So what do you think of that, John Michael? <laughs> yeah, well, those, <laughs> when it comes to those two, that, that's a good team, by the way, isn't it, guys? I mean, yeah. that's, uh, and, and that's, you know, obviously the understatement of the NBA, but this is a team that, to me, it was shocking the way they exited last season. I mean, I don't think anybody expected this team to get knocked out in the second round, particularly after they had a 3-1 lead uh, over Denver. This team, I think we saw it on display, to me, is built for the playoffs. I think their bench took a little bit of a hit with uh, Montrez Harrell, no longer there, Jamichael Green. But again, when you look at what Teron Lue likes to do, I mean, isn't isn't that the vintage, you know, Teron Lue-constructed team you know, have the ball in the hands of a Paul George or Kawhi Leonard when everybody collapses, kick it out, shoot the three. I mean, this team is shooting threes at 42 is shooting threes at 42%. I mean, Lou Williams is shooting threes at 36%. He ranks 10th on the team in three-point percentage. So, I mean, these guys are lighting it up from all over the place, and it was on display. So, some nights you tip your hat, right? I mean, Paul yeah. George went eight of nine. From three, uh, so they hit their first five threes. Right? Yeah, that's a heck of a ball club the Cavs played last night. You know, you move on. It's to me, guys. It's almost like look, the Cavs. If you're looking at phases of the season, right? I mean, the Cavs weather the injury storm, right? I mean, that was a difficult, difficult portion of the season. Come out with a with a certainly a respectable record, right? Now February, it you know the the opponents, everything else, the games are coming at you fast and furious. Until the break, the Cavaliers play only one team with a losing record. That happens to be Oklahoma City, and they're, they're no, you know they're no picnic either. They're right. playing some pretty good basketball. So the opponents are coming. The difficult schedules coming in the month of February. This is phase two. 
All right, the team moves on to this phase. They've gotten through the first phase to me, and now I, I think it's going to be fun watching how this all unfolds in February. I want to backtrack just real quick. The Timberwolves split before the Clippers contest. Two winnable games, again, when you're talking about, and I forgot to tell you that if the season ended today, oh, <laughs> if the season ended today, the Cavs would be in the playoffs, and that's a very important thing. Are we in the playoff or are we in the playing tournament? Oh, no, seventh. Ranked seventh. Uh, seventh. Very close. I think the Knicks are uh, right on us, uh, you know. Uh, Toronto right there. So, obviously, it's, it, it's early. But, again, I want to go back to the Timberwolves game in that Sunday night. That was a game. And Austin Carr, at the end of the game, I thought brought up a great point in that that's – in the end, the Cavs rallied. 9-0 run in the last two minutes and didn't catch up. And Austin said, this is the part of the game that really hurts when you knew you could have beat that team and you didn't. And that last two minutes kind of say, man, we, we should have had that one. That was a game maybe later in the year that you might say should have took it. Sure, you know, but that you know that said, I think the team felt that way too, and come back with a real nice response mm-hmm. the next night. Yeah. Uh, you know, and come home and beat the Timberwolves. Darius Garland to me was the player who most epitomized that. You know, he went to the coaching staff after that first game of the doubleheader and said, "I didn't like the way that looked or felt," and they, you know, they talked it over. And the message from JB Bickerstaff, he told us, was. You're going to have guys coming at you every night. We know that part. But he said, you're going to have to play with that same edge and that same, not anger, but that same intensity that guys are coming after you. And boy, was that on display in the, the, you know, the tail end of that twin bill as Garland dished out 11 assists and had some critical buckets down the stretch. And when you're talking about a season where you want to see players progress and get to that level where they're going to be a productive part of this core, Garland's already productive, but he's taking those next steps in this just a sophomore campaign. So I think those are all good signs for this Cavalier team. So the Cavs obviously got that second game. They wanted to get that one anyway, but I'm sure Coach talked to him before the game that they wanted to get that one specifically for your birthday, Rafa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the, with the, well, John, John made fun of me on Cavs HQ because they actually put me on Humongotron, and, of course, nobody told me about it. <laughs> so they put me up there for like 20 seconds like pumping about my birthday, and then when I look up, they took the camera away. And you're kind of a shy person too, so I never probably... like doing things. That's the that's the irony. Every time he's on there, otherwise he's looking up within a second <laughs> yeah. and playing the camera. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> See, Los Cavs, and on his own birthday, he missed the whole show. <laughs> so we just wanted to wish you a wine and gold radio happy birthday to our birthday boy, Rafa Hernandez Brito. You'll be getting spanked later. I might bring. <laughs> I might bring D-Mac by for that one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Dear Rafa. Happy birthday to you. Uh, And also, you guys have talked about these virtual wine tastings that you do. Why can't we do one of those for the show? Why can't can't I be a part of it? You and John Michael get lit on these things, and I... A, I've never been lit on one of those things, <laughs> and B, that's Rafa's. That's Rafa's baby, not mine. You know, the best one was we do wine. Just so, just so our listeners know, we've been trying to keep our not only our fans engaged but also our partners engaged. So we've been doing these virtual wine tastings since March, since everything mm-hmm, stopped, mm-hmm. and we get us like we get Knocking Point, which is the new wine. Uh, partner of the uh, of the Cavs, and everybody that is invited to the wine tasting gets two, three bottles of, of the product. And then 
the, the good part is that it's supposed to be only like 15 minutes of talking about the product, but obviously when you get people talking about their product, like me, I'll, I'll go on and on and on. <laughs> yes. But they talk about the, the weather and the car, you know, I, I don't know much about wine or, or, or bourbon or tequila, which was my favorite, the tequila tasting. <laughs> and, 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 and you do, I've I been twice a little bit above the limit of my, of my, <laughs> my, my, my ability to consume was when we were drinking tequila and AC was in the, in the event and he called me out because he, he, he kept, he kept seeing me on the, on the screen and cause these are zoom meetings and I kept, I literally drank like the whole, almost the whole bottle of, of, <laughs> of, uh, of Patron. And then when we did the, uh, the, we did the one with Bacardi and we did like Cuba Libre, you know. Rum and Coke. Mm -hmm. That's what. The, that's the name of the drink. Mm -hmm. Cuba Libre. Mm -hmm. So, but it, they're fun. I, I think. I think they're good to engage. And we should get John a uh, couple of bottles of, of wine. John, and we'll get you. I'll John, talk to my, how about I'll, the old boy Joe well, G? Well, no, you and I will have a meal. I'll talk to my. I'll talk to the people at Knocking Point. Maybe they want to come in and join us at Wine and Gold Radio. Okay. Well, maybe next time. I'm kind of glad actually that we're not drinking today because <laughs> we have a special guest in the next segment, Mark Cobra Cashman. The man. I mean, last week we talked about. Last week we talked with uh, El Jefe, Len uh -huh. Komarowski, the president, CEO of the Cavs and the Monsters, and charge everything. Cobra. I'm trying to think. He is. I'm trying to think how to. He's the director of team operations. I'm trying to think of a scenario w which would explain. Cobra is in charge of everything on the road. Everything on the road. And at home. And at home. He takes care of everything. So Cobra, for example, if we went on this road trip. If we went on a current road trip and between shoot-around and the game that night and leaving after the game, if Cobra went to the bar and got kind of blacked out or something. It went MIA. Or, or, or it went MIA. It would be like as if you left a bunch of fifth graders <laughs> uh, on a field trip in Washington. That's how useless we would all be. Without Cobra, that team cannot function on the road. I'm, and I'm being serious. If, if, if Cobra disappeared for a couple hours on the road, things would go haywire. The amount of stuff that he has to take care of Unbelievable. Beyond what everybody else thinks that the the person in charge of team operations takes care of, it's it, it's is beyond me. But I think when we have him on, I want to ask him about two stories that are mm -hmm. really awesome. Which is, do you guys remember the black uniform that we wore in the, in in 2016 for the championship? Those are the ones that LeBron wasn't too fond of mm -hmm. at the beginning because the, the sleeves were too tight. And See, I know there's a, there's a story about the se a seamstress that had to that had to be called in, and also the the trophy that was a puzzle of 16 pieces that everybody every player had a piece, and after every W in the playoff, they would put in a piece in the puzzle mm -hmm. until we won, and T. Lou was the last one to put the, the his last piece. So I want I wonder what that puzzle is. Yeah, Obviously, like it was know, completed. Yeah. <laughs> Is it maybe it's a, 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 like Cobra's house in the basement or something? Only our two cameras that's been with us for the whole time know about what we're about to do. <laughs> but we're going to unveil it to the whole world. This was our inspiration throughout the whole playoffs. So listen, Cobra, you got the box? What I'm explaining to y'all, we call this thing a puzzle piece. We have 16 puzzle pieces to complete the whole puzzle. 15 puzzle pieces for all 15 guys that made sacrifices in the last puzzle piece. What? Go to Coach Lou. Puzzle piece. It always seems to work out. Hey, you gave me a game plan. Hey, hey, come on. 
I don't know, but I, I, he's definitely going to know about it, and I'm sure you got plenty of other questions for him. I have a million questions for Cobra, and we probably won't get through all of those. We'll be back in a, in a couple minutes on Wine and Gold Radio. We'll have Mark Cobra Cashman. I'm really looking forward to this guy, our special guest. Wine and Gold Radio. Hi, this is Tim Elcourt. I listen to a lot of different things, but I never listen to Wine and Gold Radio. There's more of this. Wine and Gold Radio. After this on Wine and Gold Radio. The Calf City Collection is now available online at calf.com slash shop. Rep the land with jerseys, hats, tees, and more inspired by the Calf City Edition uniforms. Love running the lane. Left side dance. Pow! With two hands. The Cavaliers, in a partnership with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, introduced the team's City Edition uniform, featuring a design and style that reflects the grit, attitude, and spirit of Cleveland's rock and roll roots. See the whole collection at Cavs.com slash shop. Hi, I'm Campy Russell, and I never, never, never listen to Wine and Gold Radio because I'm from Michigan. Wine and Gold Radio. Bang! Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wine and Gold Radio. Wine uh, and Gold Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new theme this week. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, with us now, our special guest right here is uh, Director of Team Operations, and that is a super fancy title, and it still doesn't even come close to what our guest does, Mark Cashman, Cobra. Yeah, who the hell is Mark Cashman? <laughs> welcome to the show, uh, Cobra, the Cavs Director of Team Operations. Cobra, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How many people still call you Mark, Cobra? Not many. <laughs> not, not many. It's I wonder, usually... is it only Cavs people that call you Cobra, or does like... Uh... No, no, just uh, uh, my kids. <laughs> my kids call me that, which is... <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if it's okay, but they do. <laughs> John wishes um, his kids would call him Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there was a, a story that so the lone the lone year that that Shaq was on the roster. So I think it was the 2009 2010 season. His uh, manager, uncle, um, security, uh, Jerome, Uncle Jerome. Right. This is about. March, early March, I want to say. And he was in my office at the arena. And he saw a box on the floor and it said Mark Cashman. It was written in Sharpie. And so you got to remember now it's March. So like we'd met, we were, you know, three quarters of the way through the regular season. And he starts saying the name Mark Cashman says it three, maybe four times. And I'm not paying any attention. I'm at my desk. And and then he, he turns and says, Cobra, he said, who is Mark Cashman? He said, I see that name on the on, on the on the rooming list on the road all the time. And he said, who is that? And I said, that's me. And he said, Get out of here. He said, no, he said, I thought you were Cobra. And I said, who, who names their kid Cobra that loves their child? <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it's 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 sort of an alias, I suppose. 
So, I thought you were about to tell us that Uncle Jerome originated the nickname Cobra. No, would have no. been a story in itself. No, that that would that that would have been. Um, <laughs> no, that's uh, it was something in college a long time ago. It, it, there, it's not. It's not a very good story. There's really <laughs> nothing to it. It's not. It's not dirty. It's not you know salacious. It's it's very it's very benign. And but I was in a fraternity, and so. The rule was if somebody gave you a nickname, particularly if, if they figured that you didn't like it, that meant that it was all the more that they were going to call you that. And so it, it just it just sort of stuck. It meant nothing. It was really, like I said, it's, a, it's <laughs> not what, a good story. What fraternity were you a member of? A Delta Tau Delta. Ooh, I'm a Sammy. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. I'm actually, I actually practice the geek. The Greek life. I mean, That's you, cool. Or way, the you geek could, life. Yeah. <laughs> and the geek life. You could do right. way worse in terms of nicknames. I mean, that's, that's a pretty bad Yeah, that's, that's a pretty about good as nickname. Game, yeah, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, when people have asked where it came from and, and I tell the same, you know, basic backstory and, and I just – I joke and say that I'm the opposite of anything that would strike fear in anyone. So, <laughs> um, that's as good as I can really do. Hey, Every cool. now and again, I'll have I'll have a moment where where <laughs> I get upset, but not too much anymore. We've I'm seen too those. Old for that. Yes, we've seen those from time to time. All all of them are well needed and well timed, Cobra. Every now and again, yeah, no. Every now and again, it, it's it's usually a nonverbal. It's 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 a look and. Probably best to just don't ask me what I'm thinking at that moment. <laughs> let me let, let's ask you this question then. For those you know, we talked about it in the previous segment. What you do, all of the the wide variety of things you do on a regular basis. What are the one or two things that bother Cobra the most when you go into that locker room and see what, or when somebody does what, what sets off Mark Cobra Cashman? So I'm very organized right very structured yes perhaps rigid <laughs> and, <laughs> and so uh to that extent things that are things that are out of place and things that are messy and things that are not organized i struggle with and so there's a the only time every year before training camp i'll address the team and just simply politely say, Hey guys, look, it's your locker room. I, you know, just, just kind of the groundskeeper here, just, you know, replace your divots if you will. Right. <laughs> so let's, you know, pick, pick up, there's a big bin in the, in, you know, there's a big bin, you know, put it in there, just, you know, treat it with respect. And, and that way, you know, we, we can all get along, but don't, you know, don't just leave stuff around. I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I shouldn't have to pick up and, and it's not just me. I mean, it's Willie, my assistant, and it's right. actually more Willie than me. Just don't, you know, just be respectful. And so there was a, what was it? The 14, 15 season. We had a random shoot around at the arena downtown. I, I don't know what it was for. Um, and, uh, and the locker room was trashed. <laughs> trashed i still i still keep a picture of it in in my equipment room here in, in, in independence and i was i was that's that's the most to have been upset with with just sort of the 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 collective group and so the next day at practice uh i asked coach blatt if i could 
if I could say something to the team before we started practice. And usually when I come out of my office, you know, it's, it's never good news because it's like, it's like some <laughs> travel related thing. It's like, cause I, I'm not out there during practice. That's when I can get things done. Cause they're not asking me for stuff. And so, yeah, when I come out, it's, it's sort of like the grim reaper type <laughs> of thing. And so I came out and I had this picture in my hand and, and I, I was, I was steamed and, and it was like, look, I'm never, it's never going to be like this again. I promise you, if, if it, if it is like that again, I will leave it like that. You know, I'll leave it exactly how you left it for me. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I, you know, I don't want to be in here raising my voice. I've never done this before. And so it was kind of, it was kind of a collection. There were some, some younger guys that had been with us because that was LeBron's first year back from Miami. Right. And so there were, it was a mix. We had like Tristan and Kyrie and Dion, and they had never seen me do that before. I had never done that before. And then there was LeBron who had never seen that before. And then you had veterans like James Jones and Mike Miller and Brendan Haywood. And uh, so it just was sort of this young and old mixture and, and they were all looking at me like sort of in disbelief. Like, I can't believe, you know, this idiot is just, you know, on a rant like this. So anyway, but, but to, to that, to that point where, where LeBron was, has always been so it's been great for me is because, you know, he's not like that, that, that actually that day he didn't come to shoot around. He was sick. And, I, I, I mean, I think he would have, if he would have seen that, he would have, it would have never been that way either. So in that regard, that's probably one of the reasons we get along is because he's very, he's structured, he's routine oriented. He, you know, likes things to be a certain way. And uh, you guys know, you've seen, you guys have been around him. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, it, 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 it meshed well, because I, I just, I don't like a lot of, if things are disorganized, I get, I get real chippy. <laughs> so that's a long answer, Jay Mike. No, that's a good, that's a good answer. We, <laughs> I know Brendan Haywood made it. We released somebody or traded somebody. I know later in that season, we traded Dion and we traded Gosh, who else? Uh, Alex Kirk. Yeah, Alex Kirk. Yeah, and there was maybe a third. Guy. Lou Adlinson. We were in Philly when that happened, and so I don't know if there was a, but but B. B. Haywood started this 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 sort of urban legend that those guys, you know, you know, or that Dion might have been the reason that the locker room was in sorts, <laughs> and I got him boosted. You know, just something like that, just to just to have some fun. You know, um, you know, not obviously not the truth, but. Anyway, so I would love to see that moment when Cobra comes out of his office onto the practice court. <laughs> it was great. Like, some and, of us and, saw and, it. And, it was fantastic. Oh, you so, so you witnessed? This. We've been through yeah, one of some of those. Okay. Yeah, you know, it, if it's sort of it's sort of an overarching philosophy of mine. Anyway, I, I I feel like if I do my job effectively, you shouldn't even know I exist and I'm not there. You know, it's like a ref, like an like, like yeah, like a referee. So if I do it correctly. <laughs> and, and I don't say it often, but, but, you know, I, it, it is, it's something I, I think if I do, if it's done the right way, at least in my mind, um, then, then you shouldn't know I'm there. 
And if I have to come out, it's it's usually for a bad reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing like the Enter Sandman song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Grim Reaper, all right. <laughs> hey, Kobe, you said, you know, you talked about Shaq's Uncle Jerome, right? I mean, in your position, yes. you get to interact with a lot of folks, all right? Yeah. You, you've been around here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of years, if you had to list or tell us maybe the one, two, three most interesting, unique personalities or, or stories that, I mean, you've got to have volumes of stories from your experience here, but some of the things that others would not believe that you witnessed throughout your time here with the Cavaliers. Okay. So yeah, I'll stick, I'll stick to, to, to stories. <laughs> so this is, this is a very memorable, a memorable trip. Now it, it, I know it predates Rafa. It predates J Mike. I don't know about Joe G, but it was LeBron's rookie year. Not on that trip. I, I wasn't traveling his rookie year. It's hard to predate okay. Joe okay. G, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. So, so LeBron's rookie year, um, back then for, for preseason, you could play, uh, a max of eight games and a minimum of six games. And we were slated to play seven. And they were six road games and one wow. at the Gund at the time. And um, so the business side, you know, obviously knew that we could, we could probably, you know, we could, get an, an eighth game, a second home game. And, and, and it would obviously, you know, sell extraordinarily well, you know, it was LeBron's rookie year. So in order to thread the needle, the only availability on the arena calendar to get it done was going to create a back to back for us. So we were going to play at home and then we were playing on the road the next night we were playing Toronto. So Paul Silas was our coach. And they, I, I won't say the guy's name. Um, he's not with the team anymore anyway, but it doesn't matter. So uh, he went to, to Paul Silas and Jim Paxson, the GM, and, you know, pitched the idea. And Paul said, yeah, that's fine. I mean, we'll play it back to back. It's Toronto. No big deal. But wait, what they failed to tell Paul was that this game was against Toronto in St. John's, Newfoundland, <laughs> the easternmost city in North America. It was a three and a half hour flight, and we lost an hour and a half. So these guys are, these guys have their, Newfoundland has their own time zone. I didn't know this. And nobody, clearly nobody else in our decision making camp was told that they're on their own time zone. So, they're a half hour east of Atlantic. So we take off. Again, it's a three and a half hour flight, and we lose an hour and a half. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay. So we got to clear customs in St. John's. And Silas gets randomly selected for, like, a full cavity search. <laughs> It's it's like a five piece on the clock, and he's he's uh, a bit annoyed at this point. So so you know it's 
like I said, it's it's well, it's it's there's a five on the clock, maybe five thirty in the morning, and my bus driver is he's a he's a native, he's from St. John's, and he wants to give us a tour of the town, <laughs> and so this guy's taking us through like. He's taking us through like the neighborhood he grew up in. I mean, we're on like these, we're on like these switchbacks in, you know, uh, I mean, we're not taking a direct path to the hotel at all. He's pointing out the sites, you know, where the tree that he fell from, you know, and and turned his ankle in elementary school. And, and, you know, and and I, At at this point, Paul looks at me, he's sitting across from me on the bus, and he says, who is it again? Who's that guy that books these preseason games? I told him. He called him. Called him and left him kind of a dirty, kind of a nasty message on his voice message in the office. And that's when I leaned forward to the bus driver, and I said, look, you got to just get us to the hotel, all right? I I get it. I know you're proud. It's a beautiful city in the middle of the night, but we got to get some rest. So we play in a few hours. Fast forward. (laughs) Yeah. So fast forward to game time. And um, the, the, the place was packed. It was where the, it was where the, because the Maple Leafs and the Raptors are owned by uh, it's, it's whatever the holding company is. It's they own the Maple Leafs too. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was like one of the minor league outposts for the Maple Leafs. And so it was like maybe 10,000 people. It was packed and they were good. Like they had Tracy McGrady, they had Vince Carter. Uh, they, they were good. And so for whatever reason, something happened and the building was too warm. They didn't have the air was too, it was too hot. And then when you got all the fans in there, it was melting the ice underneath the floor. And the condensation was such you could take your hand, you know, you could you could do your name in person, and you could see it on the floor. It was it was it was bad. It was really bad. So we come in the locker room, and the collective decision is we are not playing this game, no way. And Silas says to you know I think Zadrunas was a captain. And I, I don't know who the other one was or if it was just Z, but basically it's like we're going to go back out there, do the layup line, give it 20 minutes, and pretend like we're getting this game in, but we are not getting this game in. And so both teams were kind of synced with we're going to make it look like we're trying, but no way are we doing this. So go, and then at that point, Paul says, says Cobra's going to have just go straight to the bus because he's like, when these people find out it's going to be, it's going to be a mutiny. So he said, do not come back to the locker room. As soon as they call this game, do a straight line to the bus. So it was me and Max, our trainer and Stan Keller's our strength coach. And we were taking the players stuff, their personal effects. And we were putting them on the buses and I called the plane and I'm like, yo, Get out there, get us some pizzas, get the bird gassed up because we're we got to get out of Dodge. And so everything is all synced and coordinated. And they call the game, and it was you know, people were mad, they were really, they were really mad. And so we're going back to the bus, and 
at that time it was, you know, we could kind of get all the players and the coaches on one, on one bus. And so we had two buses, but the main bus was where everybody was. And so I was trying to collect again. Uh, I'm, I'm a guy that's, that's rigid and I like to fold my stuff. I like to have, I just don't want to throw it in bags. And so I've got equipment bags up on the bus and I'm trying to collect shoes and, and uniforms and stuff. And, and I'm just trying to get, cause I know I got a three and a half hour flight back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so things were a little, I was a little sped up and things were, were disorganized and chaotic. And, and that wasn't, that's not really my strength. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember that LeBron handed me his stuff. It was folded up. His uniform, his shorts, everything was folded up and his shoes were on top of it. And he handed it to me. And I always, that always stayed with me. And, you know, um, uh, and I said something to him the, ne- the next day, you know, I thanked him and, and I, you know, I, I just made a, a mention of it. And he told me, he told me why, I mean, it's not like a, big great story so i won't you know i won't share it but um it uh uh that's 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 where that mesh kind of you know he you know he's that way too so but yeah that was that was wild we went all the way up all that stuff and then that game never (laughs) took place and and for about five or six years the raptors were chasing us down they wanted to make that game up in the worst way the worst way and we were like no way we'll play you we'll play you and we'll go to new brunswick that's as far far as we'll go (laughs) it's like the opening scene from raiders of the lost ark you guys are like running for the plane big z lead the way out of the woods yes yes Yeah. And, and, and so funny story about, about Z was um, as he was walking to the bus, the way, and again, some of these, some of these smaller type um, arenas, it's, there were concession stands for the lower level. And we basically would, we were walking, like you'd have to cut through a concession line if you were going to go to the bus. And so, like the general public, the concessions and the bathrooms were down on the level that we were, we were at. And so, you know, they had like those bike racks and they had security outside the locker room, but it was, it was a, it was an, you know, an old school arena. And so the fans could, could be in the concourse and see us going to the bus. And so as the Drunas is walking to the bus, you know, I, Somebody, you know, I think it was a, a, a little kid's like, he's like, don't go away, please come back. <laughs> and they said something like, you know, get your stuff together, kid, and we'll come back. <laughs> so that's a travel story that always sticks with me just because of everything. Because you just, you don't know. It's, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a numbers game. Every time you travel, something, you know, mechanical, weather, something biblical could happen. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just our turn that night. And what are guys, you know, I mean, again, you've been around, we've, we've both been around so long with these guys on the road. How are things different now than, than they used to be? And how are guys different now? Well, I mean, the, uh, the guys are, I think a lot of, I think a lot of teams will, will kind of take on the, personality of your head coach Mm. and and 
it's it's probably that way in a lot of sports. And so, um, in in our case, JB is he is one of the most flexible guys I've been around. He and he he and Tilu are extraordinary with their time, but also just their 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 adaptability. And so, especially right now with everything that's taking place, yeah. um, that that adaptability is um, it's paramount. And 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 so, if you if you're going to have someone that's going to, I'm not saying that sweating the small stuff isn't important because I that's 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 kind of the space I I work in, but. This is if ever there was a season to to make sure that you can just move past some of the things that are are way out of your control. Um, this is this is the one. And so from that standpoint, like you know, our players have been phenomenal with all of the changes. It's 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 kind of like quicksand, you know. I mean, you know, you you're you're a memo away from another shift and it's all well intended it, it's not it's to keep it's to keep you know the train on the tracks and to keep it moving so the league's done a great job um it just the you know every city we go to it's a it's it's a it's a new it's it's a new construct there's there's about six to eight different details that i list out with with the city whether it's a local restriction we were in boston and you couldn't be you couldn't have more than 25 people in a function room, regardless of the size, for more than 90 minutes. So, and so the dinner we had, we just split it up: group one, group two. And uh, New York, we couldn't do any any in person, any indoor dining or gathering. So in New York, where we just were last week, um, all the food that we had had to be in a to-go container, and you had to take it to your room. Wow. So that's different now, you know, versus other jurisdictions we've, we've gone. And then, you know, there's, there's the privatization of fitness centers. And so in some places where there may be like, uh, like uh, we haven't been to Miami yet, but I already know what that answer is. So you guys travel, there's that beautiful Equinox and that's the fitness center at, at, at the Four Seasons Miami. Well, that's a non-starter. There's no way I can I can Close say, <laughs> hey, for our stretch of days we're there, nobody can use the Equinox. I mean, yeah. why I'm not even going to bother having that conversation when I know the answer. So then, what what I'll what I'll do is um, I'll take a function space and we'll get we'll get equipment brought in, and we'll create our own fitness center. It'll be it'll be makeshift now, but so some cities we have to do that. Others we don't. Orlando, you guys know that 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 Ritz that we stay at, that resort's great, but it shares that big. It shares with the JW Marriott, and and, and again, there's no way for for we were there four nights. There's no way for five straight days I can have that thing completely privatized for us, and no other guests can use it. So what we did was had had equipment. They were kind enough to take equipment out of their fitness center. And then we had some brought in and we just made a fitness center. But it's all those kinds of things that, you know, that, that 
And, and so, hey guys, we just we just got to this city, and this is where you got to get your bags. This is where we're going to come in. This is our ingress and egress. This is the local restrictions on food. This is our this is the fitness center. Um, just things like that, things that you would take you, you would take for granted. Before we uh, we let you go, if we're gonna talk cap stories, we have to have championship stories, right? In the in the mix, can you talk about? what you do you have anything to do with the puzzle that everybody had a piece for? Oh, the puzzle. Or uh, you want to talk um, about the the black shirt that didn't fit the bronze the sleeve a little? I, I, I heard oh. something about a seamstress that had to yeah. be flown to to yeah. To San so, Francisco. so those those two things would be. Um, So, so the, the, the puzzle, I think the puzzle, my understanding was that was, that was James Jones and, and Griff. I think, uh, I think those two were the, uh, were the brains behind that. And so, um, the puzzle, the puzzle was, was made, um, they did it in, in Michigan. And, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was the guys that, it was the guys that, at, at, at one of the one of the entities, one of the family of companies up in Michigan. And so I got the box and the pieces, but what, what really scared me was that, you know, I mean, this is, this is an original, there's only one. <laughs> and, um, and so then the pieces, you know, we only had 16 pieces too. And so um, it, it was the, it was the bag that like when I would get home, I would bring it inside. And I, I did everything I could never to let that bag out of my sight because I was really, I was so scared. <laughs> and and I, I would double and triple check. So when we go, every time we go on the road, and, and at most it would be two games, I would always make sure that I had the next two pieces. But I just had a whole, just the whole thing that I did. And I was constantly checking those pieces. I was constantly <laughs> checking the box. And I had the box, I had the box, Um, with bubble tape and I had all this extra bubble tape because I didn't want the box to fall apart. And uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, the puzzle was that, that was kind of near and dear to me. That was like, where that is like that? Where is it now? Who has it? So, so we took the, so the box, the box itself kind of took on um, some moisture. <laughs> uh, it got, it got pretty, it got pretty wet in Toronto in, in game six and that was only water. And then obviously when we won, it, it, it took on some other moisture. Got a little bit. Um, yes. yes. And, yeah. And so it, uh, it, it started, you know, the, it started to, to warp a little bit and the box was kind of, it was kind of beat up and, but the, uh, the pieces, uh, we took the pieces and they're in the locker room uh, at the facility in independence and there it's constructed, uh, under plastic. And so you can see, you can see each of the pieces. And then next to it is the picture of us at the white house. Awesome. Oh, nice. So it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really good. And then, and then I have, so then we had a new box for the subsequent two years after, And I still have that box, and I still have I still have the pieces. So hopefully we get a chance to to use those again some sometime in my yeah. Um, so that, and then the sleeves on LeBron's jersey, he liked he really liked that. Everybody really liked that jersey, but for him it just he felt like it was constricting around the shoulder, and he didn't like it. 
And the first time we wore it, first time he wore it, I don't remember who we were playing, but he got mad and he basically ripped, he ripped that. from the seams in the armpits. So it was sort of like open. And so all it did was just give him that, it just opened it up so he wasn't restricted in his shoulders. So then I actually worked with seamstress at the Browns. And what she did was uh, she, she rebuilt the sleeves on all of his jerseys so that they weren't, so that basically right. it wasn't tight and capped around, around his bicep. It was loose like a t-shirt. Yep. And that's, that's how, that's what she did was basically just rebuilt the shoulders on all of his jerseys. Now, was it your idea to wear black on game five? I mean, so, so yeah, yes, it was, um, the way, the, the way the rules worked with the NBA is there were certain jerseys that they didn't want you to wear. They didn't want you wearing like a hardwood classic in the playoffs. They wanted you to stick with like your core, your core uniforms. So the way we would do it is we would wear, we'd start with white at home and then we, we went Navy on the road. And basically once we lost, then there would be a conversation. So, but I knew I could wear black, but I could only wear it four times. So when we lost game four in Toronto, wearing navy blue, and the series was 2-2, I knew that if I went back to black for game five in Toronto, if I went to that for the first time, I might only get – I might fall one short in the finals. Not that I think anyone's going to – you know, at that point, I don't think the league's really going to do much. You know, okay, fine us. But um, that was – that was why. So, I mean, I talked to, you know, I, I talked it through with, with LeBron cause he was kind of the, the, the conduit on that stuff. And so we're like, well, let's just, we'll just, we'll bring blue back to Toronto for game six and we won. So then we started with blue game in, one, yeah. in San Francisco and in, in or Oakland, I should say. And uh, anyway, we just stuck with it for games one and two and, and, after we lost game two, we were flying back home and I just thought, you know what, if we get, you know, if we get a chance to come back for game five, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just bring black. And so I, it was, it was that, I mean, there's nothing, but if it was, if, it, if only it was that simple. Yeah. But you know? hey, yeah. it took a yeah. life of its own though. Yeah. Why didn't you think of that earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Food <laughs> and the color of Jersey. And so it, it, when we won game five, Again, I think just the superstitious nature of sports, there were some people, some very powerful forces that wanted us to wear black for game six. And uh, it, it, it didn't happen. It, it would have been, uh, it, it would have been very difficult. Um, and it would have required the cooperation of the other team that. Yeah, I know the fans were wearing, the fans were wearing black because we gave away a t-shirt. For the fans that you know the CLE that and that was yeah. another reason. I mean, there was a lot of reasons why there was a, a groundswell to wear black. Yeah, um, it, it just it would have. Um, one of the problems too was that we, when the when when it was starting to really take hold, we were probably somewhere over the Midwest. We were flying back to Cleveland, and so you know on, on our 
you know, we had the Wi-Fi and so on our phones, everybody, you know, was pinging around about, you know, let's do this. This is a great idea. And I'm like, yeah, but Golden State's about ready to take off. And I know they've got blue and that's not going to work. And the league isn't going to let that happen. And so again, it's, it, um, <laughs> Well, it's a good call, though. It ended well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything turned out okay. Not too bad. Uh, before I let you go, Kobe, we talked about you talked about Oakland. Uh, you got within the next, I guess, seventy-two hours or so. You guys will be leaving for the first West Coast trip uh, in the COVID era. What? Uh, yes. Again, so, what do you have coming up on this trip? You have to. I mean, you have to plan a Super Bowl party for Sunday. <laughs> you have a you have a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, we get to. Yeah, we get to, so so instead of flying at three, which is what we typically do, we're going to fly at noon, and so Super Bowl is should be, I think four thirty Mountain Time, because um, that's uh, Phoenix's Mountain Time right now. Yep. So uh, yeah, just about the time again. You know, if everything goes well, we don't have any any hiccups uh, with the plane and weather. Uh, we'll. Uh, we should get to the hotel about three thirty. Everybody have about an hour to get ready, and then we'll have a we'll have a gathering, a socially distanced gathered <laughs> gathering in Phoenix uh, for the Super Bowl. And then uh, uh, after that, you know, Denver, Portland, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Those those three are, or excuse me, those four are are those are those are going to be some of the the most restrictive places that we're going to go yeah. with, with the number of cases they have and everything that, that they've got going on. So I think, um, I think that those are going to be a lot like uh, Los Angeles, especially, I mean, from everything I've, I've heard and you know, we've seen the Lakers and Clippers now in the last two weeks there, their people have talked about just what a, you know, how, how quiet things are. So we're, we're not permitted to leave the hotel except for, for, for basketball business. So for, we're staying downtown first time ever. I've, no, never, no montage. I've never stayed downtown. Ooh. Not even, not even, not even back when the Clippers played at the sports, at the sports arena. Wow. Never stayed downtown. I only have one request. Sure. Could you make the action on the Super Bowl digital so we can take part of it? <laughs> yeah. So, 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 uh, uh, Big Dan Giroux is going to do square, so I'll have him. I'll have him loop you in. Please. Um, they. Uh, I think with. I. I think with. I think with the golf league and just some of the other. Some of the other things that I've got going on the side. Um, they. Uh, um, it's. It's nice when people jump in and just offer yeah. to, to. To. To take that sort of gaming angle off of my plate. <laughs> just don't let Spiro take it so, over. And I do. A, I do appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Steve's still trying to figure out the confidence yeah. pool from, from December. He's he's still trying yeah. to figure out how he's supposed to how he's supposed to rate the uh, uh, the the Arkansas TCU game that got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Cobra, you're the best. Yeah, Thanks for visiting with us, Cobra. Thank you so much for visiting. Guys, thank you. Take care. Take care, man. <laughs> Mark Cobra Cashman. We could probably do four or five shows with him. So, I mean, I, I we didn't talk about the golf pool that Joe Michael loves so much. <laughs> uh, we will uh, be back with segment three. Take a nice look ahead. Like we heard from Cobra, we got a nice long road trip coming up. West Coast, the first one of the year. First one since, since the coronavirus kind of took over. So we'll be back with segment three. And I think we have a song to start out segment three. I'm pretty sure. Am I allowed to sing it yet or no? 
Go ahead. One and go radio. I like my. I don't know which one I like better. One and go radio. Let's, Let's check it out. We'll, yeah. we'll let we'll let the fans we'll, we'll let the fans decide. We'll let the listeners be the judge. We'll be back. Wine and Gold Radio right after this. Hi, this is Colin Sexton from Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're listening to Wine and Gold Radio, Cleveland, Ohio, America. There's more of this. That was delicious. After this. On Wine and Gold Radio. Designed from the land, for the land, the team shop has introduced a new in-house apparel line called the Land Collective. The first series is inspired by the 2020 NBA Draft. Each series will focus on a specific theme and feature exclusive pieces that will only be available while supplies last. Get these new looks from the team shop today only at Cavs.com slash shop. For more style inspiration and to be the first to know about upcoming collections, follow at Land Collective on Instagram. Wine and gold radio. Oh, here the calves go again. So let's talk to our favorite friends. J. Mike, Rafa, and there's Joe. Wine and gold radio. Oh, wine and gold radio. Wine and gold radio. Wine and gold radio. Wine and gold radio. Now, back to wine and gold radio. You say it's your birthday. It's my birthday too. I'll tell you, if there's one thing Clevelanders love, one thing. It's a good polka, baby. And that's one thing I learned from, from Len Kamarowski, our guest last week, that, that Cleveland is the place where, where polka lives. El Jefe. Yeah. Well, you know, he requested, he asked about what genre he was part of, <laughs> and he said polka. So I went on Twitter and requested anybody who knows a polka band to let me know because I needed a fa- I had a favor. And this kid, TJ, he replied right away, put me in t- in in touch with Jake, who I understand is the is the legend, the myth of polka and here he, in the Cleveland and he's area. he's the leader of the Chardon Polka Band? Yes. Oh, man. I, they, really impressive, I have to say. I, I almost wanted to kind of get up and do a little dance. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> now questioning what will be the next genre for the challenge to go get. Like, I don't know. Zydeco. We got heavy metal. Yeah. We, <laughs> really, we should we have do a rock and roll one. We should. We're, we should. In the, we're in the theater where rock and roll was born. Exactly. We, we really we should, uh, we should explore all it. genres. And by the way, impressive turnaround. The last week, El Jefe asked for polka. The next week, Michael Clayton lines yeah. up <laughs> some polka, baby. That was nice. That's very I nice. It. I love it. Hey, before we move on, before we uh, look ahead at next week's games, we have to get serious for a second. Uh, I really mean it. Uh, we lost uh, one of the legends of Cleveland Radio and, and a great guy and a good friend, Les Levine, from more sports than Les Levine, uh, passed away this morning. I just wanted to. Pass along our condolences from Wine and Glow Radio, from myself, Rafa, I knew you knew him right when you first got here. You know what's amazing to me, and you always had said this to me a couple of times since we met, is are you cooler than you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you cooler than you have to and be? And when I came to Cleveland, he was literally 
the first person that actually took interest in the fact that the Cavaliers were broadcasting their games in Spanish, and he interviewed me. I have absolutely no idea who he was. <laughs> and then I learned what a legend he was here in terms of TV, radio, cable, and everything, how everything was evolutionizing. And I was, I was really, really, like, honored. Yeah, that he actually took interest in like real interest in in the fact that you know there was a Spanish kid doing Cavs game, yeah. and it, it, I think that says so much about what you hear about now about Les, about who he was and how everybody respected his work and respected mm -hmm. how much he battled because he was a, he was a battle and and he really went at it hard yeah. with everything he had to battle with and 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 you know our pray our thoughts and prayers go to his kids and his family, his wife and and um, just. A really nice dude. A great guy. And, and, and there was a great point you brought up in that he was, again, a Cleveland legend, a radio legend, but he always welcomed new voices and new people into the mix. Les never thought, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a legend. I'm, you know, holding up the fort. He always welcomed in new young voices and new young talent. I, I just I always loved and respected Les Levine and just want to say, like you said, our, our prayers up to him. Give me a How Come Quickie on WHK. How Come? <laughs> Give me a How Come Should Quickie. Should I jump that? No. On WHK. How Come Bill Belichick fills me with the urge to defecate? Give me a How Come Quickie. Go ahead on WHK. How Come when I think of the Indians, I think of inspiration. And when I think of the Cavs, I think of determination and perspiration. But when I think of the Browns, I think of constipation. Give me a How Come Quickie on WHK. Go ahead. I need a Quickie. Go ahead. Let's go this way. You're on WHK. Give me a quickie. How come Mike forgot to tell me so I have I can eat pizza and pasta tonight? Give me a how come quickie on WHK. How come Bill Belichick coaches like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a how come quickie on WHK. I'll get up with I, Gerald Irons Bentley. What is the Hollywood stars, the dog bikinis. I watch Melrose plays. But what I want to see my partner is Idis, Rod Rides, the tea guard, the point guard. I go watch. I go. <laughs> he lost it. <laughs> Give me a how come quickie on WHK. Give me a how come quickie, go ahead. How come Mike Fratello isn't running for president? I'd vote for him. I need a quickie on WHK. <laughs> Let's look a week, uh, ahead at the week we have. Wrapping up the four-game homestand, back-to-back -back with uh, the heavyweight Bucks <laughs> on uh, Friday and Saturday night, not going to be easy. What do you think, John? Is a good, it's a good way to warm up for the, for the West Coast trip. <laughs> And Giannis and company coming to town. You know what's interesting, guys? The Bucks have not looked Buck-like on the road this season. Just four and six coming to town. So we'll see back-to-back. -back. I mean, Giannis always a challenge. Chris Middleton's, you know, we know what he can bring as well. One of the, you know, quietest semi-superstars in the NBA. But no question a challenge. I mean, this is one of the elite teams of the Eastern Conference. Uh, man, you want to talk about getting ready for a trip. Couple of nine o'clock starts, then three ten o'clock starts Oofa. on the five game road trip. And Rafa, for you, I mean, <laughs> for us, we're accustomed to being with the team, which means that our bodies are seven o'clock. Time seven seven thirty. I now the pregame and postgame guys are going to be laughing at us, saying, "You see." Now we, you know this is what we have to deal with when you guys are out on the West Coast Let trying to make sense after midnight. Let me ask you a question. Have you planned how the nap, the game day nap's going to go that day? Because that, that's going to throw me off completely. <laughs> yeah, it's a big question right now. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> question. My, <laughs> I, am, 
I'm kind of proud of my nap game, but it's going to have to adjust here. We'll see what happens. But I, I mean, we could, you know, conceivably still be asleep at six o'clock. <laughs> but but I hated that the nap time is going to. I'm going to have to also adjust my meal time for this yes. ten o'clock game. So it, it, yes. it's it's strange. Yeah, it's going to be a wild one. Uh, get your sleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> drink your coffee. Do what you got to do. Um, First game in Talking Stick Arena, so that that should be. I always say selfie, stick. selfie stick arena, <laughs> and then by the second time I come back from a timeout, back to Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a big, uh, big lineup coming up next week. Uh, some late night games. I used to, when, by the way, when I was a kid, I used to love late night games. Being so able to I. being able to stay up late and there it was it seemed like something was happening that was. That you weren't allowed yeah. to do, or see, it was I just can't really say the cool. same for. Ba- I love it when the Yankees were were in the, are in the West Coast. Love it. Yeah, I love to say I love the late night the late night games. It, it as feels well. like a little holiday. But there's nothing better than being on the West Coast, catching your local game at 4 p.m. Yes. Or, and then watching the late the, the you know it's like you, you you wake up and it's like the sports at 10 a.m. Yeah, it's bonus. Sun, it's so sun, great. Yeah, Sundays on the West Coast. It's the best. NFL. 10 a.m. is amazing. Yeah. Although you get to 9 or 10 at night, and then you're looking around like, what, yeah. what, 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 what am I still There's doing now? else to watch? <laughs> well, Clevelanders will not have to worry about that next week. Come 9, 10 o'clock, we will have Cavs action. It's going to be really exciting. First long West Coast trip of the year. I'm ready for it. Wine and Gold Radio, Episode 5. How do you think we did, Rob? I love that. I, did we debut a new jingle mm-hmm. from the Chardron. Char- Chardon. Chardon Polka Band. Jake, thank you, Jake and TJ, for that. Yes. Uh, we had Mar- Mark Cashman, Cobra. <laughs> Where the can, hell that I can't is. even find myself saying calling him it's, Mark. It's hard to say Mark <laughs> yeah, Cashman. But that's his, that's his name. And <laughs> and we, he- we heard stories from our championship years and our original years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also... A thanks, a big thanks to Jared Allen for going to J Mike's house and uh, kind of like middling, fiddling with his uh, with with his internet and stuff. And Definitely, all, Th- the, all the technological stuff. Thanks, Jay, for heading over to J Mike's yeah. house and, and building him a new computer in between breaks. There, uh, <laughs> I can't wait till we till we have him on, because the last time they asked him whether or not he put together, he broke apart a toaster. He wasn't too he wasn't he too was happy. He was insulted by that. <laughs> AC and I brought that up on the air last night. <laughs> he wasn't that, too proud of it. Like he's like, hey, 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 it wasn't a toaster, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, it was a. It's a big it difference a com- from a toaster to a computer yeah. that then I it was put a together. Complex a computer, <laughs> right? Exactly. He's like, please, everybody, please so get it right. We want to thank Jared Allen for heading out to J Mike's house, fixing his computer. Yes. Uh, as always, I got to thank uh, the Golden Boy, Matt Gold, Joe Fritchin, Casey Coolis. Man, I wish my name was Casey Coolis. Joe Cayone, Peter Berman, the Chardon Polka Band. Yes. DMAC, the guy who kind of makes everything run. Can we make a show one day? What, what is it exactly that DMAC does that you have to thank him D-Mac after every show? DMAC does things behind the scenes. He does the stuff that you don't see. He's like our special guest, Cobra, in that what he does, it's not everything you see. So we want to thank our special guest, Cobra, and of course, the dynamic duo, Dirty Kurt. And the one yeah. and only, the one and only, <laughs> Big Daddy, Big Marty Daddy. Allen. Let's go, Big Daddy. As Ooh. always, good night, Freddie Mac, wherever you are. Yeah! you got to be kidding me! Life is about do-overs! Don't look at it, but it should count! One twenty apiece, you have to...
to be caving. You're listening to Wine and Gold Radio. Hasta la vista, baby! Cleveland. Ohio. America. Everybody stand up and cheer. Woo! Let me get that taste. 